Woo-hoo. I don't give permission. Such a phase of the sexy. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds! Yay! This week, we've got a crap ton of news, I think, because it's San Diego time, and we're starting, we're recording this on the Thursday of what would have been San Diego Comic-Con, so a whole bunch of crap is all coming out at once. Mm-hmm. I should also point out, we're recording this on the Thursday, so anything that happened on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday that got revealed... We don't know about. <laughs> and we'll talk about it in two weeks. Weeks. And we are also going to review The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron, and available on Netflix. It's uh, about a bunch of immortal soldiers. It, it, did we like it? You'll find You'll out. You'll have to wait and see. That's called a tease. So with us <laughs> is Kevin. Hello. And Jen. Hello. And Ryan. I'm missing out on buying toys for this, so you better not, enjoy this. Not just you, me too. I know. Yeah, but that's how much we love our listeners. Yep. So Ryan, afford to go buy more toys. Yeah. What's in the news this week? What's in the news? That's a loaded question. Where do we start? Uh, we'll start with old news. Since we're talking about toys, so Hasbro announced their latest HasLab uh, venture, which turned out to be a two-foot-tall Marvel Legends Sentinel, which which is beautiful. Mm. Has lights and has no no sounds, but has lights. Uh, for the low low price of three hundred forty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents American, plus shipping. Plus, plus. Well, no, I think shipping's free. Well, oh, shipping's free, free in the U.S. It was free in the U.S. I don't know about Canada. Canada. Now they've hit. They, they had uh, some goals too. If you, they reached certain limits of uh, of backing, which they blew through in the week in like two days. Uh, it yeah. added a couple six-inch figures, two uh, interchangeable or you know bendable tentacles, and two different. Uh, head options. One, one which is a master mold. Yeah, and the other one's like a, a battle damaged head. Either way. For our listeners who aren't aware, HasLab is kind of the in-company Kickstarter that Hasbro has set up. They they originally did uh, Jabba Sail Barge for their three and three quarter line through it. And it, the idea is to gauge public interest in something and then they just like fund it much like a kickstarter and you get it and it's some of those those items that are too big to go to retail well too expensive right. to yeah. go to retail which usually means size but yes uh because they tried to do a full-size cookie monster but didn't reach their goals they didn't get enough backers so that one's yeah. the only one that's failed so far because they also yeah. did uh what there was a oh well unicron so, that one took longer to fund, though. Yeah, no. It, it, the Marvel Legends community was waiting for a large Sentinel. Like, there's people out there that were army building the Build-A-Figure 
Sentinels that came out like 10 years ago. So, and even those ones were going for like 100 or two online. So, so over at Netflix, um, oh, we'll see a show I watch. I don't know if you guys, have you guys actually sat down and finally watched Sabrina yet? No. The, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? No. Well, no. well apparently we're only going to get eight more episodes, and that's it. Netflix is done with it. They're pulling and the plug. It, and that's what, season three? Uh, I think this might three end up four? being four. Yeah. yeah, but it's only eight episodes, so it's not, yeah. It, or at least, I think it's like the second half of season three, or whatever they're calling it, but yeah. Yeah. I think... Just with everything that Netflix has done in the past, that seems to be their their episode limit. I, I nobody's ever like come out and said that, but part of my thinking is these shows get these sort of limited runs in order to clear basically money for something new, right? Like yeah. you know, we 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 clean out we clean out the these shows they. A lot of them don't get time to go bad, which is, you know, well, which is good, good. But it's, it's you know, at least some of them they they're pretty good about bringing back the ones I think that have you know have a really good like fan base, a real good demand to like the one that I like to watch the the, the, the kingdom or the last the last kingdom or whatever yeah. it's called. I forget what it's, they they're getting another season, so and and they are giving life to other shows that have been dropped by other networks. Yep, like Lucifer is yep. a prime example of that. But you know, the amount of money that they've got to run, <laughs> they've got to they've got to have new shows in order to attract people either new buyers into the system or old people, old buyers who have canceled back in. And that's and the casualty of that is some shows have to be canceled in order for the the budgets to stay in line. Yeah, well, no, exactly. And then here, well, the next another news one. So from another streaming over on HBO Max, this is a perfect example of trying to bring in subscribers. Um, that new The Batman movie that's being directed by Matt Reeves is apparently going to have its own yep. spinoff Gotham City Police Department uh, series. Uh, that's going to be it's supposed to be in the same world as the Batman. Now, they haven't actually come out and said whether it's before, after, during. Like, will Batman be in Gotham during this series, or is this just leading up to show the corrupt Gotham? That you know, is it more or less? Are we getting a rehash of Gotham, the the TV show? We'll learn how Gotham became so bad. It's like, I hope it's not that. I'd rather be a Gotham City with a Batman that's around, even if you don't see him. Just people mention Batman, things get, you know, we can have there's other crimes and cases that are being solved by, by the police in Gotham that don't involve Batman. I Gotham love- Central. Yeah, I want exactly Gotham what Central. <laughs> that's what Ryan's describing. Ryan is right. Give me <laughs> Gotham Central. <laughs> uh, clip that part, replay it a bunch of times later. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, the Ryan is right part. You said it again. I love it. Keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, to go along with that, do you have the the news about the subscriber, the subscriptions for uh, DC all uh, DC access? Uh, uh, news. I was gonna get that. I, I was gonna get to that, but yes. Oh, uh, okay. That, <laughs> Sorry. The, uh, okay, I just we'll saw that, that float by, so I well, figured I'd do that well, as a segue. I'm assuming you're talking about the fact that it's pretty much 
dying. It's pretty much done. I well, think it's they, over. They've removed the one-year subscription You can option. only subscribe monthly at this point, yes. Yeah. So it looks, and really, at this point, the only, the only shows, the real flagship shows left on it were uh, was Titans, which we discussed last time. Um, and that can easily be moved over to HBO Max. Um, yep. I did see that they are getting a few new, a uh, few more releases added to it recent, uh, right now, like uh, um, that DC uh, Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse War cartoon yeah. is coming this month, and um, there was something else too that was being added. But uh, yeah, it's it's days are numbered. Well, it's the, the really. If you switch over to HBO Max, you're getting a lot more for similar money. And the the only real difference is, is the digital comic subscription service, which I have not heard of a single person who purposely subscribed to that service in order to, to get the comics. Well, the comics weird. have always been like a like a nice like an afterthought afterthought. But- as it is, we can't subscribe in Canada. Anyway. Yeah, we can, but so. uh, like you never read about it. But uh, like yeah. in, anybody in the states of like that, it's always listed as kind of the afterthought of like, oh, and uh, if you read digital comics, that it, it has a lot of DC digital comics on it, and that would yeah. be like the end of the article. <laughs> nice idea, but I think it, I think it's evolved into a better thing. Essentially, next, uh, next. Okay, so here's this. This just. It's a couple interesting ones here. So this past weekend and the weekend before. Um, so the first one was the weekend before. So now it'll be like two weeks ago when you hear this. For, for the first time in 23 years, Empire Strikes Back was the number one movie at the box office that week. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, since there are some theaters opening up again and also drive-ins, but there's no new releases. They're going back and playing like classic movies. Uh, so with that in mind, I just came across a story that this past weekend, the number one movies at the box office. Okay, who, take, take a guess. First off, anybody else want to read this article? No, <laughs> I, have not. I, I did sort of see movies that were being released at drive-ins this weekend, and I'm trying yeah, to remember too. what they were. Was it Back to the Future? No. Oh, okay. I want to say Shrek. No. Okay. What well, What was it, Ryan? Gremlins. Uh, the one. No. It was uh, 2008's Iron Man and 2017's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh. You th- sorry, 2017's Beauty and the Beast. So the, the yes, live, live action one. It's a, uh, overall. It's I, I find these charts really sort of like fascinating. And in ten years from now, well, maybe not ten, like. 20, 30 years from now, there's going to be guys like like whatever the new equivalent of Dan Merle is going through them and not remembering certain things. Yeah. And just all of a sudden, all these old well, so movies show Beauty back Beauty and the up. Beast took in a whopping $467,000 in uh, 527 Ooh. locations. And Iron Man brought in a whopping 430000 in 462 locations. Wow. So, do you, how long until uh, Disney rolls out Endgame to, 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 you know, just start putting a little bit more money on that pile <laughs> and just to well, keep James Cameron at bay? Well, any day now because, well, 
we'll jump ahead in the news here, but uh, yeah, we've got more delays. Oh, yes. Tons. Tenant delayed indefinitely. Definitely. Mulan indefinitely. Uh, so I was just reading, actually. So th- I didn't know this, but apparently Disney never announced it. They had plans for three more Star Wars movies that were going to come out and be like every other year at Christmas time. Star Wars movies mm-hmm. uh, interspersed with in between that was going to be Avatar. So we're getting Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, what? Avatar, something like that. But they've all been pushed. So we won't be getting new Star Wars movies until December 22nd, 2023. Maybe. And then we'll get another one, uh, maybe, and then 2025 and then 2027 with uh, Avatar movies, Avatar 2 coming to us, presumably, December 16th, tw- uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. Then 3 and 24, 6 and, or 4, no, geez, yeah, 5 and... the first Avatar movie come out again? 2006 gonna say it's been a long time oh yeah yeah that's that's how james cameron has has rolled though i mean it's like it like the battle angel alita was in competition with uh the first avatar movie for james cameron's attention like that's why that's why he's a producer on battle angel alita because he was going to make one or the other and avatar was the one that won out probably because Quite frankly, it's his own idea. So creatively and money-wise, you know, it was a better bet. But I'm just thinking if if they had to have like 15 years in between movies, are he's he going to be able to like bang one out every other year? Oh no, no. he's filming like two, three, four, five. They're all those ones filming like one after the other right now. What well, I don't oh. know if I don't know if four and five are, but two and three definitely got filmed like back to back. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say the quality is going to suck. Well, and the actors get older. Yeah. You know, some of the actors, it doesn't matter because they're going to be in those blue people. But, uh, but uh, oh, so to go along with all this, too, I guess uh, there's the, the AT&T CEO, uh, who's like, you know, that's the guy that own in charge of the company that owns everything that the mouse doesn't own, um, <laughs> has come out and said that we, you know, that tenant won't come out uh, streaming before it hits theaters. Mm. They say some movies may, but this, uh, that one is not going to. There was a movie today that was announced it was going to be released to streaming and in theaters at the same time. What was yes, that? Yeah. Was. That was Bill and Ted's Bill and Ted. Ted. Woo. Number three, Bill and Ted Face the Music. We'll get a theatrical release and a streaming release same day. Oh, that's good. I want awesome. to see it. In, I want to see it in the the theaters. Drive in would I think it would be good in, but yeah, but we'll have to see how safe things are. I mean, we may have no no well, have, yeah have no, no choice I, but to watch it streaming first, and then yeah. hopefully see it in the theaters well, after. Well, it's just it like streaming in terms of like you know to rent. Like, are we paying like fifteen bucks for it, or is it popping up on Amazon? I would bet you'd have to rent it. I can't imagine they'll put it on a streaming service day one. Yeah, they they kind of they've got to make their money back unless somebody gives them a ton of money for it. Now, right. granted, I don't think it's probably the most expensive movie in the world to make. Yeah. Like you're you're well, the biggest star in it really is Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. and he has been so gung ho about it. I assume that he's kind of done like 
his what he's done for other movies of of that kind of thing that he wants to do but don't have the budget like the matrix being the prime example of i'll I'll do it for lower a lot lower than i'm used to but i'll get some on the back end or he might not have even done that because he's wanted to get this movie off the ground so badly i need to watch the original two bill and ted's again before Uh we watch this third one because i it's been probably 20 years since i've seen it (laughs) yeah I I also if have not, to re- remind a, than that. remind a certain mystery person that uh, that they they said they would be laughingly said they would be down for doing the review with us. So mm. I I will leave that tease at that. Mm. <laughs> and, and if you if, if you're at a uh, if you're at a function with me and buy me a beer, I might actually tell you who that person is. Is it but, Keanu uh, Reeves? No, it's definitely not Keanu Reeves. I will. Oh. Right I was going to say, it if you knew Keanu Reeves uh, and you've Keanu been Reeves. holding out on me this whole time, I'd be pissed. <laughs> Speaking of Keanu Reeves, uh, is that in your news pack as well, Ryan? I don't know what you're talking about, Brent. The, uh, the, the Boom comic book written by Matt Kyneton and uh, Keanu Reeves as a co-writer. And also the character happens to look like him. No, I forgot about that. Oh, uh, so I'll I'll talk about it. Boom right is uh, doing a comic book. Apparently, it's uh, just starring Keanu Reeves as the main character and a mortal soldier, which, funny enough, kind of fits the theme of this episode. <laughs> and uh, Matt Kind is doing the uh, doing the co writing on it. But um, a little bit of inside baseball here, I guess. Uh, Arun Singh, who is I've known in a semi-professional capacity for years. He used to be a PR guy with Marvel and worked for Sci-Fi Network, and now he he works over at Boom. Uh, he tweeted out today that like because the the usual assumption is it's kind of something that the celebrity is signing off on. You know, they're not actually putting in much legwork on it. They're just kind of use my likeness and yeah, that story sounds good. Go with it. But it sounds like Keanu is actually somewhat involved. Like uh, Arun stated in a tweet today that during a video call, he was acting out like what he kind of wanted to see in the in some of the panels and stuff. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a, you know, and it's not a bad idea to, for these celebrities to get ahead of things and you know, develop a property completely on their own that has, is multifunctional. Yeah. You know, something that they Keanu have Reeves an ownership. Is, I was going to say, I think Keanu Reeves is, is pretty smart that way. Like he's always, to me, it seems without having done any research into it, he seems like he's always been a little bit more business savvy than a lot of people, which is good. And and considering like we, the, the comic is called Berserker. There's no uh, there's no vowels in that, by the way. It's in capital B R Z R K R. Um, part of yeah, me yeah. also wonders if this is something to do with the fact that his you know his talks with Marvel that we heard about a couple months ago seemed to have all but disappeared. Mm. Maybe things didn't work out, and he said, "Fine, I'm going to do my own comic book and comic book movie. Watch me." With Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> With Blackjack. That's an old Futurama reference. If anybody remembers Futurama, 
I say it a lot, and I think people don't know where it comes from, and then it just sounds like I'm a drug addict. So, following up on okay, that line of thought, right? too, there's been all kinds of rumors and talk lately of uh, him coming back to the DC movie universe for a Constantine sequel. I remember enjoying uh, that movie. I enjoyed the movie, but I think I liked the, the guy who does the TV, who, who did the TV show and then continued it into uh, Legends oh, of Tomorrow. Yeah. His Constantine yeah. is much truer to the source material. Yeah, uh, especially since yeah. he's actually British. Yeah. It, it's it's weird because I like Con- it, how to describe it. I like Constantine the movie, it, and it's sort of based off of the comic book. Yeah, and that and that character really it like the the Keanu Reeves version of Constantine. Seems very much just like uh, the same character he played in Johnny Mnemonic in a lot of ways. Just like kind of surly and pissed off. Not smug, not an asshole, just sort of like, just (laughs) surly. (laughs) Like, just (laughs) mad. So, but, you know, uh, like that movie is like, it didn't do particularly well financially. But it has grown this kind of weird cult status, and especially in the last like five years, with a lot of people going, you know, that movie's not bad. Well, and they're right. The movie isn't bad. It's just his characterization isn't particularly that of the character of the comics. I think with the increased popularity of comic book movies and the increased popularity of Keanu Reeves has what is what's made people go back and watch that movie again and realize it's not yeah. half bad. It's been a long time since I've seen it, yeah. but I remember it being not bad. Hey, if it meant that's the only way we're going to get like a Justice League dark movie is that he plays Constantine again, mm. that sounds good. I'm on board. Let's do it. <laughs> Next. Next. Oh, let me swing back around to my monitor here. Oh, yeah, we'll see what's swinging around. Uh, okay, the return of Major League Baseball is, uh, is uh, tonight, to this weekend? It's tonight as we record. There you go. Yeah. Um, Before one... people get up in arms, there is a point to Ryan bringing up sports. I know what this is, and it's kind of funny and awesome. <laughs> Continue, Ryan. Thank you. Um, so, since they will be playing in empty stadiums because of the ongoing uh, situation, as uh, one way to try to help the TV uh, viewing audience and even the players feel a little more at ease and back in you know normal. Um, they're going to be piping in crowd sounds into the stadium through the stadium PA. But it's not just any crowd sounds. They'll be using the crowd sounds that were recorded for the MLB The Show video game. (laughs) (laughs) Which my brother says sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He is not a fan of the crowd noises in that game. But uh, I did Uh, watch... The show is a, a PlayStation exclusive, right? Yes, uh, Major League Baseball yeah. period has been a, a a PlayStation exclusive for the last oh geez dozen half dozen years. Yeah, it's been at quite least a while. six years. Um, I think it may be coming to most all systems soon, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not up to date on my baseball video games because uh, they're too hard to play. Next, uh, ooh, another delay. I got this one earlier. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, is yeah. not going to be releasing this month like it was originally planned. Oh, sorry, in August, like originally planned. It has uh, been pushed back. 
with no uh, no new no new window being given yet. But uh, from all reports, they weren't finished filming yet. I think they're still filming stuff out over in uh, the Czech Republic or something. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's they were they were filming when everything had to be shut down. So yeah, but yeah. word is that Wandavision is still going to come out by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm more excited for Wandavision than I am for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think that show is going to be really interesting. I agree. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say talking about delays and everything, and as we speak, I think their panel is tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen with New Mutants, our favorite movie we've been talking about for years? Well, funny you brought <laughs> that up. That panel was today. Oh, was it today? I, I missed it. So, no, that so panel was today. Streaming? Sorry, Jen. Is it delayed again? Is it going to be streaming? Have they just put it in the vault and said, fuck it? Because <laughs> the last time we heard it was supposed to be August. And it still is. It, the, the same uh, release date right now is still, I think it's August 23rd or end of August, I think. Whatever the date. It's still that date. There actually is even said uh, there's going to be some early screenings. Um, they showed part of the opening of it as part of the stream. Mm. Uh, the opening is the beginning, the first, you know, the first probably five minutes of the movie or something like that. First couple of minutes. And, uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, it's still all the rumors we were hearing leading into this panel about it being like, and go watch it now. No, that didn't happen. So it's, it, yeah. it's you know until we get to the end of August and we're still not in theaters, then they just say screw it and push it out. Uh, oh, here's some uh, Marvel Comics and Scholastics have partnered up for a new line of original graphic novels aimed at young readers. Uh, the books are awesome. going to include the likes of Shuri, Kamala, uh, sorry Kamala Khan, which is Miss Marvel, um, with the first release uh, being a Miles Morales Spider-Man book. Uh, do do We got a release date for season one and two of Cobra Kai on Netflix. Uh, they're coming to Netflix at the end of August on the twenty eighth, with uh, no premiere date for season three. Uh, but I did read somewhere that they do that it was being planned uh, for a release this year. We're, we're jumping around here. Oh, we got some Disney World news. Did you hear about this, Kevin? Is this about ride closers? No, okay. it's about a. Tightening a, a loophole in a policy. Oh, that too. I did hear about this. Yes. So Disney World is requiring their patrons to wear a mask. Like every, almost yeah. everywhere else. Now, the loophole was okay, when you're eating, obviously you can take your mask off. Well, people were just, air quotes, eating and walking around throughout the park. So that they didn't have to have their mask on. In yeah. the park, and so Disney has come along and, and tightened that loophole to be like, okay, you need to be stationary while you're eating without your mask on. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal because, in addition to reopening the parks, they also said, you know what, let's start the food and wine festival while we're at it too. Oh, that's so, funny. So Epcot is full of food booths now, at small small plates, and so people would buy a little sushi bowl and just wander around with it. So now they're requiring you to go and if you can't find a table, at least sit somewhere and be stationary. You cannot move and eat at the same time. <laughs> so they expect you to just stand there? If you've got food, they want you to like find a bench or a, or a table. And apparently they have put more benches and tables and stuff throughout the park. I don't know. It's still, as much as I love that place, it's not a place I want to go right now. 
No, no. It, and like that, I, I would say that's for all theme parks. To be completely honest, yeah. so like, I, I would love to go to Wonderland, but I don't want to go right now. Yeah, I agree. Unless so, I get to be the only person there, I don't yeah. know if I'd like that. As much as it sounds cool to be alone in a theme park, I think you need people there to give the place energy. Uh, well, at least the people running the rides can be there. Somebody has to turn it off and on for me. <laughs> Uh, so you can speak, take turns. I'll speaking, turn it on, then they can ride, then I was all new. Speaking yeah. about, about Disney, um, so I did mention that they announced some ride closures, and it's nothing to be too up in arms about. The th- they announced that they're closing three attractions. One is Stitch's Great Escape, which has been in quote-unquote seasonal status for about the last three years, which means it's only open when the parks are super busy. The parks aren't going to be super busy anytime soon, so it's staying closed. It's not a big loss. Don't worry about that. The second one is Primeval World, which is actually a pair of spinning roller coasters in the Animal Kingdom. And those have also been on seasonal status for a while, mostly because there was a terrible accident involving a cast member. He was under the track to retrieve something and got hit by one of the cars and <gasps> was killed. What was so he the doing ride under oh, the track while the ride was moving? I don't know exactly the details about that, but someone oh. died while working at that attraction. So it's been it's been mostly closed for the last few years anyway. They've just officially said it's not coming back. And then the third attraction that they've announced is closing is Rivers of Light, which is the nighttime show at Animal Kingdom. It's done on the lagoon. And it was a show that never it never became as popular as Disney wanted it to be. Uh, they can't do fireworks at Animal Kingdom because it's a park full of animals. So it was a, at least it was they a, don't do that. Yeah, it was a water projection show with barges. When the f- show first started, it was full of dancers, and uh, they were dancing on these barges that moved around the lake. Uh, and then they got rid of those because I think it was costing them a lot of money to hire all those people. So basically, it was just a bunch of light up boats on a on a lake, and nobody really cared about it. And the parks are all closing fairly early these days anyway, so it doesn't get dark enough to do that show anyway. So they've they've uh, decided not for uh, that Rivers of Light won't return either. They have also announced that several announced attractions that are supposed to be coming in the future are now put on hold indefinitely as well. That includes the Mary Poppins attraction that we were never quite sure of what it was in the first place <laughs> uh, that was supposed to go into Epcot, into the United Kingdom Pavilion. That has been indefinitely put on hold. Thus, the redo of Spaceship Earth at Epcot, that was supposed to start work in May. Um, yeah, they haven't started that work, and they've announced that that also will not go ahead in the near future. The third thing is what they called the Festival Center at Epcot. It was part of the remake of Future World. It, was, uh, it wasn't an, an attraction per se, but more like a three-story, almost like convention space with a garden on top. It was mostly there so that um, you could watch. They had another space to rent out for fireworks viewings. Uh, that's been put on hold as well, although I wouldn't be surprised if that one comes back uh, sooner than the others because the um, group bookings department of Disney was really looking forward to having a place where large companies could rent the space and uh, spend a lot of money. So those are put on hold indefinitely. I'm sure there are other smaller projects that probably aren't going to happen either. They just haven't had any income for the last four months. So 
they can't uh, afford to spend the money. Now, um, Ratatouille is still supposed to open this year, I believe. Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe, is still on track to open. It was supposed to open late this year. It'll probably be next year before it opens. And Tron is the third attraction that was supposed to open this year. And I, I think that one's a bit behind schedule as well. They had to, they, they couldn't have people working in the early stages of the pandemic because of social distancing and things like that. So yeah. so those new attractions just haven't had any um, opportunity to be worked on. So, But Ratatouille for sure will be coming. Now, to go along with that, um, we, we in the toy world uh, discovered that a, a chunk, not all, of the action figures that have been Star Wars uh, Outpost exclusives are now going to be at Target. Oh, I think I did hear something about that. Yeah, as part of their With, uh, uh, outpost, Star Wars outpost. You were talking about of like not having. Yep, the, it's not everything, but it's uh, it's chunks of things. I guess they're testing the waters and seeing if there's a market outside of the parks for it. Which the answer is yes. This is this is the stuff from Galaxy's Edge. Yes, right. like the uh, there is a retro boxed Millennium Falcon for three and three quarter figures that comes with uh, Chewbacca and Hondo, like the, the smaller scale figures that mm-hmm. we grew up with. It's that size. That is there. There's a couple of stuffies. There is the uh, Star Wars Black Series version of, um, I guess he's DJ Rex now, the, the pilot yeah. from Star Tours. Yeah. Yeah, that that is available. And there's something else, too, that I can't remember, but... Cool. The, uh, I imagine, like what you said, a, it's like they need money. This is a way to bring some of it in. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other figure you can't remember is the red uh, stormtrooper with the cape. Which oh, is like the, right, right, so right. There's a three pack of of uh, first order figures. That's one of the new figures in that three pack. DJ's the three. It was in the three pack with, uh, I believe, with uh, like R two D two and C three PO. And then the other one, there's the three pack that we both wanted because that one has Hondo in it. Mm. So hopefully they'll do a Hondo figure on his own somewhere, somehow. But uh, Anything uh, else there, Ryan? Uh, a couple things. So I know there's something that we'll get Ke- Kevin might as well talk about because he actually watched it. But so today at Comic-Con at home, which was the streaming of the Comic-Con uh, panels, uh, two of them, two of the bigger ones, there was a Cartoon Network one and a Star Trek one. That um, both got hit with copyright infringements about fifteen ten to five to ten minutes into the into the streams. I never had any issues. <laughs> I never had any issues, but um, you know. Wait, what I, happened? So, CB, there was a there was a CBS. Uh, you know, you can't watch this because of a because of a copyright infringement on behalf of CBS. So the 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 the, the, the Google bots and the, the 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 robots from all the different companies that that watch uh, YouTube videos and things like that to hit it for copyright infringement, uh, hit their own, you know, their, their panels for their shows that were allowed to be happening on. Uh, because, because those aren't actually hosted by like the CBS YouTube no. channel. It's hosted they were all Comic-Con on the YouTube. San Diego comic-con channel. Yeah. Right. And they were, it did get fixed. Yeah. And I guess the, if you go back and watch it in the restream, that doesn't show up. I mean, they've, that, that's not part of the, you know, they've edited that out. It's it's not a problem. Now, the st- I don't know about the other panels, but the Star Trek panel was not live. These were all pre-recorded, and they just went live at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific this morning. Yeah. So 
you could still go back and watch this if you wanted to. Basically, it was three panels. The Star Trek Universe panel was three panels in one. It was hosted by Deadline.com. And so the, the, the head moderator was from, from there. First up was uh, Star Trek Discovery. They really didn't give us any news um, because they probably don't know when the show is going to come back. Uh, what they did do was a table read of Act 1 of the last episode of Season 2. It, it doesn't sound as good as it looks. Uh, it felt like the cast wasn't super into it. Uh, so uh, you can probably skip like the first 20 minutes of the panel because it was just... Um, they did put some animations in from for Space Battles and some storyboards, which was kind of interesting. But on the whole, you could skip it. Then they did a short uh, Q&A. Uh, where they they talked about diversity and the state of Star Trek today and how Star Trek reflects what's actually going on in the world. Oh, by the way, all these Star Trek panels are uh, in support of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. So they're they're um, they were hoping people would uh, donate money uh, to that, which is sort of a Black Lives Matter legal defense. Uh, they're the longest running. Uh, um, legal service for uh, racial um, racial issues in America. So it's a, they were doing everything for a really good cause. So that was the first part, which was discovery. Then the most interesting part, I thought, was the Lower Decks part of the panel. And um, they, they showed us the first five minutes of the first episode. They had all the cast members there. Uh, it's going to be a fun show, guys. I cannot... Yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. It is going mm. to be... The cast loves it, and uh, it—I uh, think it—I think it's going to be great. One thing that I didn't realize uh, that hit me while I was watching was that the first officer on Lower Decks is played by Jerry O'Connell, who is married oh. to Rebecca Romaine, who is the first oh, officer on Star Trek: is. Strange New Worlds. So yeah. they are. Uh, they are uh, a pair of married first officers, which I think uh, is kind of interesting. Yeah, but they, said, they've been pulling off that shit for a while because he's been Superman in a bunch of those DC movies, and she's been Lois Lane. Yes. And uh, they, they both appear in at least one episode of uh, The Librarians. Yeah. <laughs> I believe she kills him, though. Yeah, so Lower Decks, I say watch that part of the panel. I'm sure they'll they'll split it into three. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really great. Um, the the one guy who is the security chief, he's like a Bajoran. He's like gruff and ready. Remember how on Next Gen, every time they went to war for a suggestion, he said blow him up, and they're like, no, 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 no. That's basically this guy's role. Anytime they're like, what should we do? Blow him up. And he's played by uh, is it Fred Tasky. He does the voice of the Hulk on a lot of uh, oh, on a lot of uh, yeah, Hulk, that, uh, cartoons. Tas- he is the, yeah, he's the guy who's like second to Frank Welker <laughs> for doing animated like noise. He does a lot of animals and and sounds and creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Lower Decks looks amazing. It starts August sixth. They still haven't announced where it will be airing outside of North America. It's on CBS All Access in the States, Crave and CTV Sci-Fi up here in Canada. No, nothing about where it's going to appear in the rest of the world, which is yeah. interesting, especially this close to the uh, 
to the release of it. And then lastly, they did a Star Trek Picard panel. They had the whole cast there, including uh, uh, Brent Spiner, uh, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sturtis, Jerry Ryan, a bunch of the minor characters. Those people love each other. Um, yeah. They've, uh, and Marina Sturtis is hilarious. She's like, she, she kept yelling and interrupting the panel saying to the, she's like, you Picard crew cast people. Just shut up. Stop talking like Patrick Stewart is the be-all and end-all. We we just got him trained when we did Next Generation. Stop making ah. his head bigger than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Pill calls him SPS for Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, God. But, but he prefers peace to. So um, they're looking forward to being able to get back together to start work on season two of that. So that is the, the state of the Star Trek universe. Right? Oh, oh, there was one piece of news, and that is that the Nickelodeon children's animated Star Trek that is coming next year finally got a title, and it will be called Star Trek Prodigy. And a bit, from what I've heard, it's about a bunch of kids who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and start flying it around the galaxy. It sounds That's like what space I read. cases. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of does. So uh, that's coming. That's coming within the year, and uh, it's got a cool logo. But that's all I can tell you about it. Hmm. So that is the all state right. of Star Trek. Cool. And anything else, Ryan? Uh, just one little thing that I heard today. It was a uh, there was an interview with James McAvoy recently, uh, where he was like talking about how uh, he someday he wants to play a young. Uh, or wants to play Jean-Luc Picard yeah. in, uh, in some kind of a that. reboot of Next Gen or whatever, which makes me bring the little well, Kevin and I had a little conversation about this. We thought it'd be pretty funny that, you know, he uh, slowly just starts playing all of Patrick Stewart's roles in movies that he's done in <laughs> TV shows. And that's all he ever does now. And he becomes Patrick Stewart is playing play, yeah, young Patrick Stewart. Well, he, he's he is doing the voice of Dream in that Sandman audio drama that came out from Audible this week. Oh, is he? Yep. Yeah, we need to buy that and then go on a long car drive. A uh, uh, friend of the show, Alex Greenfield, has listened to a majority of it and says it's really, really good. Like the, the snippets the, that I've heard sound amazing. Yeah, like the the he he's as big of a Sandman fan as I am, and was kind of like the the they they nailed the voice casting really well. Awesome! Oh, that's good. All right, so that's that, it for me. There there'll be more news coming in the next little while. It, depending on how this weekend goes, Ryan and I might record a little bit more just to so it's I'm not really out San of date. Diego ketchup or something yeah because like the the toy news that's coming out right now is like who can keep track of it i feel bad <laughs> for like robo at the foosh and and pixel dan because it's like the the exclusive announcement started two weeks ago and oh. haven't stopped it's just been it's like, like what's new what's exclusive figure. when's it coming out how do you get it like you know i'm sad that me... there doesn't seem to be any exclusives for me like did you not the... see the? Did you not see the uh, My Little Pony Dungeons and Dragons set? Yeah, I saw that one, but that's very oh. kind of cheaply made. Like it's the cheap it? oh, okay. plasticky cloth, and it's just the the Gen One ponies repainted. I still want it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't oh, think I want to pay. She's, $60 she's nagging. For it. She's nagging. 
She's nagging the My Little Pony set. I, I don't know, it's not it really should, that yeah. good, but I want it. I don't think it should be as much as it is. If I never got it, I won't be upset. But, I mean, I think they probably could have done a better job on it, personally. Hilarious. They should have done some more SDCC uh, uh, Shira. Because Shira ended. Yeah, but they haven't done those Shira toys in years. What was I know, it? I'm they so sad. I want more. Right to two. Hasbro. No, it's oh. Mattel. Mattel, How sorry. How do you spell <laughs> Just the way it sounds. <laughs> There's P-L. an extra T, though. Yeah. Uh? The, the S comes after it, though. Both Dear Mr. Mattel, I would like more Shira toys. Signed, Jen. <laughs> Age. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough money to buy toys. Yep. (laughs) All right. That brings us to the review of The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron as a soldier who couldn't die. Or can she? Mm. Uh, This may contain spoilers uh, for uh, the film if you haven't actually watched it yet. Um, Yeah. It's on Netflix. Uh, It's on Netflix. So most of you. It's okay. Go watch it. We'll wait. Okay, good. You watched it? That's good. Excellent. Um, it's, it's, it's based on a comic written by Greg Greca, who also mm-hmm. did the screenplay. Um, am I, is it, before we go much further, uh, am I the only one who's read the comic, Jen? I know you started. Did you finish? No, I finished it. Okay. I finished I was, it yesterday. I was going to take a look for it, but I haven't had a chance to yet. Yeah, I didn't uh, read it. And Ryan's going to borrow it off of me. I only read it because it, it found its way onto my nightstand, and Brent said, "Read this," so I did. Yeah, I, I, re- I really like the comic, so it's uh, I, I come into this a little bit biased, but I think uh, I liked the movie better than the comic personally. Uh, really, yeah. interesting. All right, so um, we'll start with Kevin. What did you think of the movie? So. I had I had issues finding time to try to watch the movie. I've been things have been crazy for me lately and I started watching it on my breaks at work on my phone and it was it's too big a movie to watch on a 6-inch screen. So I did get to watch the last like hour and a half of it on my big 55-inch uh, TV and I liked it a lot. It didn't go quite where I thought it was going to go and it wasn't as I expected it to be more like not that it wasn't it wasn't boom boom shoot 'em up, but I expected it to be more boom boom shoot 'em up. We're gonna go on a mission and and do this and take the take the bad guys down. But I liked that that really wasn't the um, the the plot and it was more of a personal story. So uh, yeah, I I quite enjoyed it and um, I kept watching the bad the the main bad guy, the head of the pharmaceutical company. I'm like, where do yeah. I know him from? Where do I know? Yeah, it took us a minute too. And then I went, oh. He's Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. It took us a moment, too. <laughs> Never would have so I, Slight sidebar. I was like, wow, he's dropped all his, like, you know, baby fat weight or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. But apparently in the last Harry Potter movie that he appeared in, he wore a fat suit. I heard like that. Like yeah. he had dropped a lot, enough weight where they were almost going to recast him, but the director was like, "No, no, 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 we're not going to recast him. We'll we'll figure this out." And that's what they ended up doing. But uh, yeah, he, I liked him. I thought he was pretty good. 
Yeah, I liked him too. Yeah, uh, he was uh, he was a nice evil villain, and you can you could tell he was British because he didn't have great great teeth. <laughs> um, Ryan, what did you think of the movie? I liked the movie, but it it didn't stick with me. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if it's because I I, like, I ended up watching it in two in two halves. Uh, I started watching oh. it on a Friday night and then uh, and then fell asleep. So I woke up. I watched it when I got up the next day. Rewound back to a point that I wa- remembered and what and finished it off. But I think I think part of it was I was expecting more. Like it's very much like a small mission, like a small movie, as mm. far as being the idea, like with the whole idea of them being immortal and like this taking on these battles and fighting the good fight and all that. I was expecting more of that, not just the small kind of. It kind of feels like the prequel to the movie I was expecting. Oh, like okay. The, like, I could maybe see maybe enjoying the second one much more than this one. Mm. Or I wouldn't say that, same... but I agree with you. Like that, that this did feel like the the first movie, of course. But uh, that's not to say I didn't like it a, a lot. And it was mostly because it didn't fall into my expectations. It gave me something different. Yeah. Like it's kind of, uh, I liked it more than I liked um, the Artemis Fowl, which oh, I kind yeah. of fell into the same trap of. I guess I was God, expecting more if from you that movie. Hadn't, that movie had failed. <laughs> <pretty>. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's one of those things. I probably I do need to sit down and, and rewatch this movie, but I, mm. I think I have to be in the right move, mood to rewatch this movie. Jen, what did you think of the movie? Well. Okay. At first, I was reluctant to even watch it because Brian's description is like they're immortal and they're they kill people, and I was like, "Oh crap! It's just going to be nothing but guns and explosions and violence." And I find that boring after a while. Um, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. I found it very engaging. Um, I really liked the characters. I liked the character development. Uh, I really liked. Um, that you got just snippets of backstory because when you're dealing with characters that are immortal, it's really easy to fall into the flashback scenarios where all you see is, you know, the set pieces of the middle ages and, you know, ancient Greece and stuff like that. And then, you know, cause they're trying to be fancy, but I really like that. You just got kind of like hints of what their past was like. Mm. Um, I really, really love the characters of Nikki and Joe. Um, the the two <laughs> they who met on the Crusades and they killed each other. <laughs> yeah, several times. Uh, several times. Um, and I I really loved that scene in the truck where uh, the the uh, um, the army guys were like, "What is he your boyfriend?" And I can't remember which one's which. I think it was Joe who gave this impassioned speech about how much he loves this man. And I'm like, oh. And Brett was like, they took that right out of the comic, which they did. And it was very good. Um, I thought that it had a nice balance of humor. Um, it wasn't too graphic. Like, they didn't show... Like, there was some graphic, but it wasn't like... They could have made it a lot more disgusting than they mm-hmm. did. Um, and I really liked the introduction, introduction of Niall as the character who 
is from our time and is now suddenly faced with like this stretch of time in front of her and mm-hmm. how she comes to grips with it, leaving her life behind, leaving her family behind and, you know, saying, you know, at that part where she's like, you know what, I have time with my family still before they miss me, before they realize that there's something wrong. I got to go back to them. And then she inevitably figures out where she belongs. Um, I, I like the characters a lot more in the movie than I did in the comic. There's some, not a huge amount of changes in between the two, but there's some some changes that I disliked. Um, the character of, I forget his name, but it starts with a C. The one who betrays them. like Copley. who betray- Yeah. Copley? I, I liked him in the movie a lot more than I liked him in the comic. In the comic, he was just some asshole. Um in the movie, he has a backstory, he has a reason, he has a purpose, and they could turn him into a character, which I really liked. Um, yeah. And I also really liked Merrick, uh, Dudley Dursley's character, in the movie a lot more than I liked him in the comic. Because in the comic, again, he's just some asshole who likes to kill people who's rich. And in the movie, he's still an asshole who likes to kill people and he's rich. But he's kind of also got that fear to him. He's like a little kid almost, faced with like something he, he wants to be the big man, but he can't be. So I like that they changed those types of things around. Um, but overall, I found it really kind of engrossing and engaging. And like, I didn't, it went by really quickly for me. I quite enjoyed it. That was probably a lot more in depth than you were expecting. <laughs> no, no. Um, I I really like the movie. I really like the comic too, for, for kind of different reasons. Uh, the movie is a kind of like, in a weird way, a, a smarter and slimmed down version of Highlander. Like very, mm. very similar yeah. premise yeah. in some ways. And, but like they, they really cut the fat out of it. Like the, we don't get the, the half an hour, uh, flashback scenes. Like Jen was saying that she thought that was going to show up and, and really doesn't like, we get little snippets of those, but not a huge amount. Um, much like Jen said, I do like the fact that the, uh, the uh, Copley character got more like in the comic. He's just like a, a dick CIA agent who's just in it for some money. Mm-hmm. And and the the change to the the evil pharmaceuticals guy. I think that's because when this when the comic was originally done, I can't remember his name, but it was right off the heels of that pharma bro guy. Getting oh, like the one who was charging like and five thousand dollars for something that used to be like five. Yeah. yeah, and and like was flaunting the fact that he bought like a Wu Tang al- that unreleased Wu Tang album and all that sort of stuff. If you look at it in like that timeline, and like I can completely see why Greg Rucka made the comic book character that way, yeah. and then kind of dulled it down a little bit for the movie. And and there are a couple other cho- changes that like. I understand film-wise what happened. Um, yeah. Not to give too, too much away, but the the major change in uh, Charlize Theron's character yeah, that, that occurs in the movie, Andy, um, that does not happen in the comic book. I did like that better in the, in the comics. That was one of the things I liked better in the comic than I did in the movie because mm-hmm. it leaves the movie with, you're like, well, what's going to happen now? Um but in the I, comic, you're you, well. I mean, you still get that, but it's a little bit more like, well, at least I still have the characters. If I mm. were to guess, it was probably done in case she she probably signed on for one movie, not multiple films. Yeah. So, so if they write her out, they've already got an out for her. Yeah. Uh, 
But beyond that, like some of the other changes, uh, like make perfect sense. Like the the character that they uh, the 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 immortal who got tossed over the boat in the iron coffin. Ooh, yeah, mm. that's only hinted at in the comic, and and I believe it's because Rucka didn't know that's where he was going with the story. Because from what I've read in the there's now a uh, second series of that comic already in process. And I believe mm-hmm. that character is like the the villain, maybe not the villain, but is definitely a character in that comic book. So yeah. it, it was it was Rucka figured it out while yeah. he was screenwriting the movie and sort of retroactively put it into the comic, but did what he should have done in the first comic in into the movie instead. If this makes any sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the the character of Booker. I re- he was actually one of my. I really liked him too in the movie. Uh, I like. I kind of wish that they had kept his character more than what it was in the comic. Because in the comic, he was a sol- a French soldier from uh, Na- the Napoleonic War. Uh, yeah. Like he survived being frozen out in Russia in the Russian winter. But in the movie, he was what a Civil War. He was he was from the Civil no, War he, era. No, he was Napoleonic. Was yeah. he? I thought he was yeah. from the Civil War. No, eighteen twelve. Nope. He he was in Napoleon's army. Uh, yeah. Okay, so maybe I just didn't catch that. Yeah, he should have sounded a little more French then. <laughs> I think the actor is French. Yeah, it's a it's a very he looks so familiar. Cast. I thought I thought for sure he was the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy, and I looked it up and went, nope, that's not who he is at all. Because he nope. sort of looked like that dude. Yeah. So. The other thing I want to bring up is uh, Gina Price uh, Bythewood, I think you pronounce her name. The director, the director of the, the film. Uh, w- wow. Like, yeah. I, like, l- uh, like you said, Kevin, it was kind of surprising that this was a Netflix movie. Yeah. Like, just because of how good it is. And that's not the sh- shit on Netflix movies. But, like, even the, the biggest thing, biggest budget one that I think I've watched is that uh, the Extraction movie with the uh, the Hemsworth that's in it? That... Oh, what about the one with Will Smith when he's a he's fighting with an ogre? Oh, bright. Uh, like yeah, maybe. But they, there's I don't know what it is. You can kind of tell that they're shot for the TV format as opposed mm. to the like a large screen. And this really felt like it was shot for to be seen in theaters. Yeah. And I was surprised to learn that this wasn't something that was shot and then Netflix bought afterwards or anything like this. Like, this was made for Netflix. And, it man, does it look good. It, it like, does. And, like, also, like, kudos to, to Gina on the pure fact that, like, have you looked at what else she's directed? Yes. Nope. I just looked at it. The what Secret Life of Bees. Love and Basketball, Beyond the Lights. Like, she's done, like... She started as a writer romance movies, really. Yeah, she started as a writer on a different world, the Cosby yeah. Show spinoff. But like it, like her, nothing in her her filmography would lead you to believe that she she would be a good fit for this movie, and she was perfect. Like yeah. she yeah. she did this movie really well, and I'm I I hope she stays on for what appears to be a sequel that's in the works. Well, there I was that awesome post-credit sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, 
I don't think anything's been signed. Like there's, there seems to be good signs all the way around, but I, mm-hmm. I guess it's like Charlize Theron can't come cheap. I, I, I imagine she was the most expensive actor in that film, but uh, she would tell Edge you for. I mean, he's a pretty big name too. Yeah, it, it, he would be, but he's also not like the, both of those characters. At this point, you can kind of write out if you have to. Uh, I hope they don't because I, I want to see where they go. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, so Jen and I rather liked it. Uh, Kevin rather liked it. Ryan liked it, but a little bit on the lukewarm needs to watch it again. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd give it a seven. <laughs> oh, that's better than I was thinking you were going to give it. No, I know that. No, I know I wasn't in the right headspace necessarily to watch the movie, and that it's much better. And you know, so it's you know, at the very least, I'd give it a six and a half. But I'm just I'll round it up to a seven this time. I'm feeling mm. generous. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I like. It was weird because I've been meaning to try out the comic for a while, and the fact that we had the movie coming up, and I had nothing in my bo- my pull box at Big B when I went in that day. But I like I just fell in love with that comic. I should have known better because it's it's Greg Rucka. I, I do love me a good Rucka book. He really hasn't written anything that I've gone like, eh, that was okay. <laughs> I usually tend to love everything he works on. Yeah, I loved his DC stuff. Um I loved uh Checkmate um, I love Queen and Country, and I'm not normally a spy guy, but Queen and Country is an... I bought all the graphic novels from that because it's just so good. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a Greg yeah, Rucker book. Um, I guess we can say, like, you should definitely check it out. Your, oh, your mileage so. may vary. Oh, for sure. It's, it's on Netflix. You're already paying for the, series, the service. Might as well watch it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. watch it. If you like that kind of stuff, you should definitely watch it. And check out the comic. I was also not a big fan of the art style of the comic, personally. But the story was really good. And I'm actually looking forward to reading the next issue. But yeah, the, the art style didn't grab me. It looked a little bit too scribbly for me. I prefer something a little bit more. Leonardo uh, Fernandez is the artist's yeah. name. He is from Argentina. And has worked on, uh, I guess, the biggest book he's worked on. His, he did some uh, Punisher with Garth Ennis. And also did uh, Northlanders, the Viking book with uh, with an asshole that we're not going to say his name. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a writer who has been me tooed and rightfully so. Let's I put it, it that way. Yep. Um. Yeah. So if this, check it out. Like like Ryan said, you've got Netflix anyways. What do you have to lose? Uh, <laughs> In the meantime, it's the end of this episode, which means geek picks. Uh, who wants to go first? Okay, so since we're talking about Netflix anyway, and you got it, so you might as well watch it. Uh, I've been watching The Cursed, which is a new uh, new Netflix series. Uh, it's a uh, kind of a a pre King Arthur story. So it's got uh, it's got Merlin, it's got some the Fey folk, it's got the Sword of Power. Um, it's uh, a female-led series. Like, there's a, the main character is a a young girl with uh, you know some mysterious magical powers and and whatnot. And uh, uh, it's pretty good. I guess it's. Uh, let me just double check here. There's oh, ten episodes. 
like most Netflix uh, shows. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I'm on to like episode eight already, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, Merlin is played by uh, if you ever watched uh, Vikings, uh, the boat sh- the, the shipbuilder Floki. Uh, he plays Merlin, and it does a pretty good job of it, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I I'm a sucker for Arthurian uh, tales, and this one isn't really, you know, it's not Arthur and his knights and all that, but uh, it's in that kind of world and that pre that I guess. So uh, I, I figured I was willing to give it a shot, and of course, it is based on a, on a, uh, a graphic novel. That was uh, is was illustrated by Frank Miller, uh, at least in part. And um, yeah, it's on Netflix. If you got Netflix, yeah. you might as well watch it. You're already paying for the service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a novel with illustrations. It's not even a comic book. Oh no! Okay. Yep. It's then that just makes Frank sense Miller why did spot illustrations. Illustrated novel. Well, with Frank Miller's name attached, you automatically think comic book. Right. Yeah. But no, he just did illustrations. And and to be honest, it's uh, it's pretty decent work from Frank, can, considering some of the other stuff we've seen over the last couple of years. But that's that's just my mm-hmm. uh, opinion on his current art style. Some people really like they've it. Got some, I do. They've got some really interesting uh, transitions in the show too, where it'll. Mm-hmm. When they go from uh, sometimes when they go from scene to scene or from location to location, it'll go from being live action to turn into an illustration, almost like a movie illustration with like mm. uh, like tree, like, kind of like with parts of it kind of growing into the next scene. It's kind of some cool, cool. stuff like that. So, Kevin or Jen, who wants to go? I'll go. Um, now, I didn't read this this week, but because we're talking about Greg Rucka and great things that Greg Rucka has written, uh, I'm going to recommend Batwoman by Rucka and J.H. Williams, the Ooh. reintroduction of Kate Kane to the DC Universe from uh, Detective Comics 854 to 863. Uh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It redefines the character for the 21st century. Now you're talking about Batwoman Elegy, El- Elegy, right? Yeah, uh, that would be the first trade, is what it, yeah. is, it goes on. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, because that's the one I have, and you're right, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, like, I, I was sad when Rucka, like Rucka, left DC. I think right after that run, I don't think he was even actually really finished with the character. I don't know what happened exactly. But uh, the world is not as good a place without a Greg Rucka Batwoman uh, book in it. Uh, I don't think DC, I think DC really fumbled that character uh, since he left. But we do have a fab a couple of fabulous trade paperbacks, um, and I would say go out and look for those. All right, Jen. Um, my geek pick is a podcast I've been listening to. Um, what you listen to other podcasts? Yes. How dare you? <laughs> and it's not my other podcast, which is uh, Sailor Snacking, which you should listen to if you enjoy Sailor Moon and snacks that I do with Tracy every other week. You should probably find it on the same way you find this one. Anyway, listen to plug, it. Plug plug um, plug plug plug. So the podcast I'm talking about is called uh, Stuff You Should Know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on iHeartRadio. And I don't know how I found it. I think I just Googled 
good podcast to have in the background while you're working. Um, and basically, it's because it's just these two guys, Josh and Josh Clark and Chuck Bryant, and they just mm-hmm. they're just talking about all sorts of stuff. So their little thing says, uh, if you ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True true Crime, and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Uh, So, like, I was listening to one about how existential risks work, which I'm not done yet, but it was really interesting. Um, There's one on robber barons, how flea circuses work, uh, how landfill works, uh, what the at symbol is all about, who was the KGB uh about soil so it's about history it's about science it's about philosophy and it's really interesting and they don't make they don't make it sound it's like they don't make it sound very complex and they don't make it sound like they're not talking down to you um but it's actually just a nice podcast to just listen to and it's good for background sound if you're not really feeling like paying attention but i've been listening to it this week because i'm going back to work now so i've been driving 40 minutes to work every morning um, and it's also a nice car podcast. So yeah, if you just kind of want to have some background talk about everything, or if you want to learn some cool stuff, listen to stuff you should know. I agree. I, I haven't listened to that in a long time, but I used to be a regular listener of stuff you should know. And it's a fantastic podcast. Did you tell me about this podcast? Is that why I know about it? <laughs> I do not know. Yeah. I honestly think I Googled. Pod, good podcast to have in the background while you're working because <laughs> I was listening to it at first while I was working from home um, but then I found I couldn't concentrate when I actually had talking in the background so I switched to music but still I like this podcast okay that's my geek pick go Brent all right so I'm go- I've got a couple um, first off uh, is a- another podcast that isn't our podcast or on is our it sailor snacking network no, but Sailor <laughs> Snacking is quite good, as I'm the person who edits it every week. <laughs> We've got four episodes out. Woo! And and a lot in the can. Like, you do not yes. have to worry about that show ending, like, unexpectedly. Put it that way. Um, no, it's uh, No Dogs in Space. It's the music podcast uh, from uh, one of the guys from last podcast on the left. And it's going into kind of like the, they do deep dives into um, bands that they like. And it, it's somewhat funny, but they, they do a fair amount of research on it. So, so far they've done like, you know, things that sort of hit the standard. They're kind of doing a punk series right now, but it also includes bands that were influential to punk, but not punk like uh, a band called suicide that like when you listen to it like it's like well there there's no relation to this in the ramones but they they were around the same time and fairly influential they just only sold like two albums and but it also covers like the ramones and they're, they're doing a series right now on the cramps which are is a band that i don't think gets enough attention so I, i've been really digging that series uh, beyond that, um, I scored a really good comic book deal a couple weeks ago and found <laughs> the absolute edition of Darwin Cook's New Frontier for the low, low price of $30. And it is worth every single cent because, one, the New Frontier is probably my favorite version of the DC Universe. It's like fantastic. It, it's got yeah. a, It's got something for everybody. It has, like, 
You, you know, you want your Superman as a Boy Scout, it's in there. You want your Batman as a detective, it's in there. And it, it's very Golden age in some ways, but in other ways, it also reflects the stuff that came after it, like stuff from Watchmen and uh, Dark Knight Returns, like some of that edginess and attitudes towards government and things like that. And in that oversized format, the, the big splash pages really stand out. Like, it's just, it's a great format for Darwin's work, and it's just a, it's also a great story. Like, it's got, like I said, it's got everything. It has an island with dinosaurs on it. How can you go wrong with that? Yeah, I believe it is called Dinosaur Island. Oh, yes. Aptly named. Next episode, we are going to be covering the new Transformers series from Netflix, our friends who are still releasing new content, which yeah. is great for this podcasters. This is the, uh, the, uh, the, the Rooster, Te- Rooster Teeth uh, produced uh, Transformers cartoon. Yeah, the, the first uh, in a series, like in a trilogy, I believe. So yeah. we'll take a look at the, the first couple of episodes of that and uh, give you our reviews and news. In the meantime, uh, for Kevin, Jen, and Ryan, this is Brent saying so long, and thank you for listening. See ya! Bye! Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.